representation of the material world. I meditate upon him. He is the absolute truth. So, uh, actually, I'm, I'm going to take out some content from the uh, from Origin Trouble's book, and Unveiling the Lotus Feet. So uh, we can get some idea of what this verse is actually trying to say. So Om Namo Deva Devaya uh, means Oh my Lord Shri Krishna, son of Vasudev, O all-pervading personality of Godhead, I offer my respectful obeisances unto you. Srila Prabhupada explains that obeisances unto the personality of Godhead, Vasudev, directly indicates Lord Shri Krishna who is the divine son of Vasudev and Devaki. So you will find that here the name Vasudev indicates Krishna and Vasudev is uh, uh, Krishna's father, right? Vasudev. So Vasudev is with a long A with a diacritic mark on the top and Vasudev is, uh, is a short A. Krishna is indeed the Supreme Personality of Godhead and the object of Yasudev's uh, obeisances. Krishna himself confirms that he is also known as Vasudev in Bhagavatam 1, uh, sorry, 11, uh, 1632. My devotees worship me in the nine different forms, among which I am the original and primary Vasudev. In this text, Adis Murti means the original form. Vasudev I Aham means I am, and Para means the supreme. Thus, Bhagavatam immediately introduces the reader to the absolute truth, Sri Krishna, who is also charming, that his qualities and pastimes attract us, so his loving service in, to the loving service of his in the spiritual world. The second word, Janmadi Asyayato, I meditate upon Sri Krishna because he is the absolute truth, the primal cause of all causes of the creation, sustenance, and destruction of the material universes. So, we know, uh, you know, Krishna expands as uh, Rudra, Lord Shiva, and he. Um, basically destroys and annihilates its uh, material creation at the end of creation basically so he do this uh, dance and he uh, destroys the universe so uh, but ultimately basically all the, uh, creation and destruction is coming from the supreme personality of God in himself uh, Prabhupada writes uh, Vasudev Lord Shri Krishna is a cause of all causes. This we see we can find in the Brahma Samhita. Uh, Ishvara, how, how does that verse go? Sarva Karana Karanam, that he is a cause of all causes. Ishvara Parama Krishna, Sachidananda Vigraha, Anadhir Adhir Govinda. Sarva Karna Karna, that Krishna is the cause of all causes. Right? 
So I'm not going to explain that verse right now. We'll just carry on uh, reading this, uh, what Prophet has to say, and I'll, and I'll try, try to comment uh, on uh, these very uh, spiritual enlightening topics. Everything that exists emanates from the Lord. Nothing is foreign or separate from Him. No one can complete, compete with Him. Right? The absolute truth is the source of everything in existence. So in the Bhagavad Gita, Krishna also said, Ahamsa Vrasya Prabhava, Mata Sarvam Pravarthite, Iti Matva Bhajanti Mam, Buddha Bhava Pramangitaha, that I am the cause of all causes, and everything material and spiritual is emanating from me, and the wise of perfectly know this, worship me with all their hearts. Thus the absolute truth is the source of everything in existence. Thus the, the Bible term opening text contains the same definition of the absolute truth. Janmari As the Vedanta Sutra, indeed, the Garuda Purana states that the Shema Bhagavatam comments on Vedanta Sutra. So the next uh, words that we're going to explain is Anvayad Itaritas Chanteshu Abhidhya. He is directly and indirectly conscious of all manifestation. Krishna knows everything directly and indirectly. Just as one knows both directly and indirectly the sensation of one's body. When one's arm is pinched, he experiences the sensation directly. He may also experience the pinch indirectly by observing the pincher in action. So here, so uh, here this point uh, Prabhupada is making that uh, Krishna knows everything about his creation, material and spiritual. He knows everything and he is directly and indirectly uh, conscious of everything. So as the uh, super soul within the heart of the devotee, he knows everything that we're willing Thinking, willing, and feeling. He knows everything. You know, uh, he is um, the observer and the overseer in the heart. It, and therefore, we, we get uh, karmic reactions in that way. Right? Because Krishna knows everything. So even of his cosmic manifestation, he knows everything that is going on. Right? So directly or indirectly. Indirectly by his energies. Right? The Bahiranga Shakti. The Antaranga Shakti. So he knows everything that is going on. Uh, so the next point uh, I wanted to make was Swarat. He is independent because there is no other cause beyond him. So Prabhupada writes, Conditioned souls, beginning from Brahma, who engineers the entire universe down to the insignificant ants, are all creating, but none of them are independent of the Lord's uh, Supreme Lord. Everything is dependent on Him. It's like how, uh, you know, if we want to create something, or a child is building a sandcastle, right, on the beach. So he, and it, it's very beautiful. You know, and Durban's Beachfront, you can actually go and see the, the artists there, they create such beautiful uh, images, right, of animals and of of castles and all of these things. So, but they're not independent. 
although they are creating it, but all the ingredients is given by the Lord. The sand is there, that's given by the Lord. Water is there, it's given by the Lord. The sunlight is given by the Lord. So everything basically is given by the Lord. They're just using their skills and even the intelligence is given by the, by the Lord, right? So they're not doing anything independent of the Lord. But, uh, you know, people don't understand this, that everything is actually the Lord's energy, right? Only devotees can understand this. Uh, people will, you know, they create something very beautiful and then they think that I have done it. No. You know, the intelligence was given by Krishna. The body is given by Krishna for you to do it. You know, so everything, it's only your will that's actually uh, helped you create that. And by the uh, process of everything given by Krishna. So actually you didn't create it because Krishna is within the heart and he's directing you do like this and do like that. So actually everything is coming from Krishna, right? So uh, that's that part, the abilities, qualities, and er and even uh, existence of everything in this world, including the most powerful person, like Brahma, depends on the, on Lord Krishna, who exists independently. It may be raining in Durban, but that is not independent tr truth, because the existence of both rain in Durban depends on the and rest on Krishna. Krishna, the Supreme Personality of God, along with his qualities and pastimes, is alone independent. He is the absolute truth. Everything else necessarily exists in relation to him. So here we're establishing Krishna, the Supreme Personality of God, here, the cause of all causes, right? And you can see how this, this verse is broken down to actually bring forth Krishna's glories. So, um, with this recording, I'll stop here and we'll start another one, uh, going through with Hare Krishna. So that, then we go to the fifth uh, commentary on the verse, Tene Brahma Ridaya Adhikavaya. It is he only the first who first imparted the Vedic knowledge unto the heart of Brahmaji, the original living being. So Brahma is not the ultimate creator, as Srila Prabhupada explains in his purport. Herein it is stated that the Supreme Lord inspired the secondary creator Brahma in order that Brahma could carry out his creation. So he heard the sound vibration uh, calling out Kapas. Tapas, tapas. So then he, so he went into tapas. He went into meditation, austerities, and he, um, the Lord from within the heart instructed him on how to create. Right. Then the next one is muyanti yasuraya. This means by him, even the great sages and demigods are placed into illusion. Tejo vari yata. As one is bewildered by the illusory representation of water seen in fire and land seen on water, Vinimayo Yaksha Tri Saraga. Only because of him do all the material universes temporarily manifest, manifested by the reactions of the three modes of material nature. Risha. Risha means 
are modes of material nature, appear factual, although they are unreal. So uh, let's read what Prabhupada has to say about this. Prabhupada explains these points as follows. This cosmic creation results from the interaction of the three modes of nature and the temporary manifestations are so created as to has to present an illusion of reality to bewilder to the bewildered mind of the conditioned soul who appears in so many species of life including the higher demigods like Brahma, Chandra, Indra and so on. In actuality there is no reality in the manifested world. There appears to be reality however because of the true uh, reality which exists in the spiritual world where the personality of God had eternally exists with his transcendental paraphernalia so I just want to comment on this first and uh, say that when the living entity fell from the spiritual world into this uh, material universe the first thing he came into contact with is the false ego and the false ego bewildered him so originally we are we're coming from the spiritual world, part and parcel of Krishna and enacting pastimes with Krishna. But because of some enviousness, we have actually felt fallen into this material world and we come into contact with this false ego and we forget everything. We forget everything about the spiritual world and we think that this body is me. I am this body and I want to enjoy, right? So through the senses and through the um, different limbs, we try to enjoy this material world and we try to lord it over material nature and think that we are the supreme authorities. Right? Every living entity is like that. Whether it be an ant or whether it be an animal, insect, whatever it may be, all, all have this uh, mentality in them. So we actually need to get all of this mentality. Right? And... Um, is explaining that uh, this illusion, this illusory material energy of Krishna is so strong, Maya Devi, she is so strong, right, that she can bewilder the living entity to think that, you know, he is God, he is the Supreme, right, and that's what happened to all of us, and that is why we are here in this material world. So, uh, I was reading a verse the other day in the Bhagavatam class, uh, and he, there Prabhupada is saying that we are struggling so hard in this material world, and we actually become, the living entity becomes fatigued. That is what the verse is saying, that the, the living entity becomes fatigued. It's 3.29.5, that verse of Bhagavatam. And uh, it is true, we are trying in so many different ways to actually gain pleasure. But where is the pleasure? You know, it's just like temporary and it's gone. So it, it's not lasting. So we are trying and we are working hard like dogs, hogs, hogs, assholes and camels trying to gain some material satisfaction but to no avail. Right? So this is uh, material, the material energy is bewildering us and she's pulling the strings. Right? So we are just uh, the puppets uh, the next uh, phrase that I wanted to speak on is Tejo Vari Medam Yata Vinimayo. 
offer an example of illusion, a mirage. When one sees the mirage of a lake in a, in a desert out sand, one perceives an image of water above the sand. There, are, there is such thing as water, but when one perceives water over, de, over desert land, he is seeing an illusion. Despite one's capacity to perceive water in the desert or to mistake a rope for a snake, water, deserts, ropes, and snakes are all real. Similarly, despite one's misperception that his true home in this world, it is a mirage based on a fact. One's actual home, the eternal spiritual world, of Rindavan is objectively real. It is objectively real that lends credits to the mirage. So, you know, sometimes even we, it's a hot day and we look at the tar at, at, at a distant place, we see it appears like water, right? But water exists, right? And therefore, when we look at the tar, we think it's, it's water, but it's just an illusion that's created. Right by the top and the sun. So uh, because the water exists, we perceive it as water. But when we go closer, and then we see, you know, it's just you know, top. So similarly, this material world, you know, we think this is our real home, but actually, because our real home does exist in the world of Vrindavan, therefore we think that this material world is our eternal home. And we try to make many amendments on how to be, to live forever in this world. And it's not going to happen. Everything that, all our assets are going to go, our bank balance is going to go, everything is going to go at the end, at the end of this, at the destruction of this body. Under illusion spell, the living entity seeks eternal love and happiness in the material world. However, neither uh, eternal love nor eternal happiness exists here. Rather, each exists as an objective reality in the spiritual world. In this world, we can only see their mirages. Under illusion, one is imposes these desirable conceptions on the ephemeral realm of matter and thus becomes frustrated. Okay, there's much more to be said on this verse, but we'll leave that for some other time. So, uh, okay, just to make a comment, and here Prabhupada is saying that the ultimate bondage in this material world is sex desire, all right? But pure sex psychology is in the spiritual world, and it is called Adhiras, right? And it's devoid of all mundane inabrieties. The marital sex life is but a perverted reflection of the original fact. So it is not possible to be impersonal and contain pure sex life. Consequently, the impersonalist philosophers have given indirect impetus to the abominable mundane sex life because they have overstressed the impersonality of the ultimate truth. So we go on to the next point, Muyanti Yatsura Yaha. Through this Maya, Krishna bewilders even the greatest demigods, Brahma and Shiva, what to speak of ordinary living entities. Thus, Yatra Trisarga Misha, the material world appears real 
even though it is not because the spiritual world is real. So uh, it is Shivaratri lately, and uh, we see here that Prabhupada is saying that even both Brahma and Shiva becomes bewildered by this um, illusory potency. And we find that in the um, Bhagavatam, the eighth canto, the story of Mohini Murti, Lord Shiva is a very great personality and he's beyond this material modes of nature. Right? But uh, we see that how Krishna uh, bewildered him by appearing as Mohini Murti and, uh, you know, playing a ball, right? And, and her dress was flying and uh, in the wind and uh, Lord Shiva saw this and he became uh, captivated by this, by this female form of the Lord. It was so beautiful. Now imagine an ordinary living entity, a beautiful woman, you know, uh, people become captivated by her beauty. Now what to speak of the Supreme Lord who appears as a woman? How beautiful is that form? So then Lord Shiva was attracted and, you know, he basically uh, ran after her to catch her. And that's what happened. But that was just Krishna's illusory potency, you know, <clears throat> there to, uh, to say, you know, I'm the Supreme Personality of Godhead, basically, to prove, it, to prove the point. So the next uh, line we're going to see to read is Dhamnasvena Nirasta. Okay. Dhamnasvena Sada. I therefore meditate upon him, Lord Sri Krishna, who is eternally existent in the transcendental abode. Vyasadev described about Krishna's transcendental activities in the 10th canto, but one must become purified by studying the ninth preliminary canto before he is able to relish the 10th. Srila Prabhupada writes in the Bhagavad Gita, the Lord says that there is no Paratattva, Sanam Brahman, uh, than himself. Therefore, Shivyasadev at once worships the Paratattva, Shri Krishna, whose transcendental activities are described in the 10th canto. This Srimad Bhagavatam will gradually elevate the unbiased reader to the highest professional stage of transcendence. So basically, Krishna is the ultimate, and you know, uh, there's nothing beyond him, right? So uh, the eleventh point we have to make is Nirasta Kuhakam, which is forever free from illusory representation of this material world. So the spiritual world is become is the material world is compared to the spiritual world. Uh, Prophet writes, they asserts to be reality, however, because the true reality which exists in the spiritual world, where the Supreme Lord eternally exists with his transcendental paraphernalia, that realm, Krishna's abode, and the place where he performs his eternal pastimes, can be distinguished from this world by its absence of material illusion. The Srimad Bhagavatam is meant to free its hearers from the tinge of material consciousness so that they may enter Krishna's abode. So yes, this uh, Srimad Bhagavatam is there to give us, uh, it's 
gives us direction on how to go back home, back to Godhead. And, uh, you know, in, in the spiritual world, which is free from any illusion, right? Any illusory potencies of this material world. Then the last point I wanted to, to make was Satcham Param Dimahi. I meditate upon him, for he is the absolute truth. Srila Vyasadeva concludes by meditating on Satcham Param, the absolute truth, also known as Shri Krishna, the Supreme Personality of Godhead. That is, Krishna, who is specifically referred to as Satcham Param, is confirmed in the demigods' prayer to Krishna in Devaki's womb, Garbhastuti. In Bhagavatam 10.2.26, the word Satya is used nine times to, to, to directly indicate Krishna. Satya Vratam Satya Param Sri Satyam Satyam Yonim Nihitam Satya Satya Satyasya Satyam Tra Satya Nitram Satyamakam Tamsmaram Prapana The demigods prayed. You never deviate from your vow, which is always perfect because whatever you decide is perfectly correct and cannot be stopped by anyone. Being present in the three phases of cosmic manifestation, creation, maintenance, and annihilation, you are the supreme truth. Right? Uh, time is running out, so I'm going to end this discussion here and continue later. Yana Timirandasya, Yananjana Shalakaya, Chakshur Militam Yena, Tasme Shri Gurvena Maha, Shri Chaitanya Manohistam, Sapitam Yena Bhutale, Swayam Rupa Kadamayam, Tadati Swapadantikam. Hey Krishna, Karuna Sindhu, Dina Bandhu Chakatpate, Gopisha Gopika Kanta, Radha Kanta Namasade, Tapta Kanchana Gorangi, Radhe Vrindavaneshwari, Vrishapano Sate Devi, Pranavami Hari Priye. Vanchakalpatrubhesha, Kripasindubhyevacha, Patitanam Pavinibhyo, Vaishnavibhyo, Namonamaha. Hare Krishna, Hare Krishna, Krishna Krishna, Hare Hare, Hare Rama, Hare Rama, Rama Rama, Hare Hare. Om Namo Bhagavate Vasudevaya Om Namo Bhagavate Vasudevaya Om Namo Bhagavate Vasudevaya Hare Krishna, dear devotees, with your blessing today, I'm going to try and I'm going to attempt to explain the first verse of Srimad Bhagavatam and then we'll do subsequent verses later on. Uh, so the first verse is Om Namo Bhagavate Vasudevaya Janmariya Sayatan Vayari Tarata
loving service in, to the loving service of his in the spiritual world. The second word, Janmadi Asyayato, I meditate upon Sri Krishna because he is the absolute truth, the primal cause of all causes of the creation, sustenance, and destruction of the material universes. So, we know, uh, you know, Krishna expands his uh, Rudra, Lord Shiva, and he um, basically destroys and annihilates his uh, material creation at the end of creation, basically. So he do this uh, dance, and he uh, destroys the universe. So, uh, but ultimately, basically, all the uh, creation and destruction is coming from the Supreme Personality of God in Himself. Uh, Prabhupada writes, uh, Vasudev, or Lord Shri Krishna, is the cause of all causes. This we see we can find in the Brahma Samhita. Uh, Ishvara, how does it go? Sarva Karana Karanam, that he is the cause of all causes. Ishvara Parama Krishna, Sachidananda Vigraha, Anadhir Adhir Govinda, Sarva Karana Karanam, that Krishna is the cause of all causes. Right? So I'm going to explain that verse right now. We'll just carry on uh, reading this, uh, what Prabhupada has to say, and I'll, and I'll try, try to comment uh, on uh, these very... Uh, spiritual enlightening topics. Everything that exists emanates from the Lord. Nothing is foreign or separate from Him. No one can complete, compete with Him. Right? The absolute truth is the source of everything in existence. So in the Bhagavad Gita, Krishna also says, Aham Sarvasya Prabhava Mata Sarvam Pradevarsite Iti 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 that I am the cause of all causes and everything material and spiritual is emanating from me and the wise are perfectly, perfectly know this worship me with all their hearts thus the absolute truth is the source of everything in existence thus the, the Bible term opening text contains the same definition of the absolute truth Janmi Janmari As the Vedanta Sutra, indeed, the Garuda Purana states that the Shrimad Bhagavatam comments on Vedanta Sutra. So, the next uh, words that we're going to explain is Anvayad Vitaritas Charteshu Abhidya. He is directly and indirectly conscious of all manifestations. Krishna knows everything directly and indirectly, just as one knows, both directly and indirectly, the sensation of one's body. When one's arm is pinched, he experiences the sensation directly. He may also experience the pinch indirectly by observing the pincher in action. So here, so uh, here this point uh, Prabhupada is making, that... Uh, Krishna knows everything about his creation, material and spiritual. He knows everything, and he is directly and indirectly uh, conscious of everything. 
So as the uh, super soul within the heart of the devotee, he knows everything that we're willing, thinking, willing, and feeling. He knows everything. You know, uh, he is um, the observer and the overseer in the heart. And therefore, we, we get karmic reactions in that way. Right? We get Krishna knows everything. So even of his cosmic manifestation, he knows everything that is going on. Right? So directly or indirectly. Indirectly by his energies. Right? The Bahiranga Shakti. The Antaranga Shakti. Right? So he knows everything that is going on. Uh... So the next point uh, I wanted to make was Swarat. He is independent because there is no other cause beyond him. So Prabhupada writes, Conditioned souls, beginning from Brahma, who engineers the entire universe down to the insignificant ants, are all creating, but none of them are independent of the Lord's uh, Supreme Lord. Everything is dependent on him. It's like how, uh, you know, if you want to create something, or a child is building a sandcastle, right, on the beach. So he, and it, it's very beautiful. You know, and Durban's Beachfront, you can actually go and see the, the artists there, they create such beautiful uh, images, right, of animals and of castles and all of these things. So, but they're not independent. Although they are creating it, but all the ingredients is given by the Lord. The sand is there, that's given by the Lord. Water is there, it's given by the Lord. The sunlight is given by the Lord. So everything basically is given by the Lord. They're just using their skills, and even the intelligence is given by the, by the Lord, right? So they're not doing anything independent of the Lord. But, uh, you know, people don't understand this, but everything is actually the Lord's energy, right? Only devotees can understand this. Uh, People will, you know, they create something very beautiful and then they think that I have done it. No. You know, the intelligence was given by Krishna. The body is given by Krishna for you to do it. You know, so everything, it's only your will that actually uh, helped you create that. And by the uh, process of everything given by Krishna. So actually you didn't create it because Krishna is within the heart and he's directing you do like this and do like that. So actually everything is coming from Krishna, right? So uh, that's that part, the abilities, qualities, and, er and even uh, existence of everything in this world, including the most powerful person, like Brahma, depends on, the, on Lord Krishna, who exists independently. It may be raining in Durban, but... That is not independent truth because the existence of both rain in Durban depends on the and rests on Krishna. Krishna, the supreme personality of God, along with his qualities and pastimes, is alone independent. He is the absolute truth. Everything else necessarily exists in relation to him. So here we establish in Krishna the supreme personality of God as the cause of all causes. Right? And you can see how this, this verse is broken down to actually bring forth Krishna's glory. So, um, with this recording, I'll stop here and we'll start another one uh, going through with...
Hare Krishna. So that, then we go to the fifth uh, commentary on the verse. Tene Brahma Ridaya Adhikavaya. It is he only the first who first imparted the Vedic knowledge unto the heart of Brahmaji, the original living being. So Brahma is not the ultimate creator, as Srila Prabhupada exclaims in his purport. Herein he stated that the Supreme Lord inspired the secondary creator Brahma in order that Brahma could carry out his creation. So he heard the sound vibration uh, calling out Kapas, Kapas, Kapas. So then he so he went into Kapas, he went into meditation austerities and he, um, the Lord from within the heart instructed him on how to create. Right, then the next one is Muyantiyasurayaha. This means by him, even the great sages and demigods are placed into illusion. Tejo Vari Yata. As one is bewildered by the illusory representation of water seen in fire and land seen on water. Only because of him do all the material universes temporarily manifest, manifested by the reactions of the three modes of material nature. Risha, Risha means uh, modes of material nature, appear factual, although they are unreal. So uh, let's read what Prabhupada has to say about this. Prabhupada explains these points as follows. This cosmic creation results from the interaction of the three modes of nature and the temporary manifestations are so created as to, has to present an illusion of reality to, bewilder, to the bewildered mind of the conditioned soul who appears in so many species of life, including the higher demigods like Brahma, Chandra, Indra and so on. In actuality, there is no reality in the manifested world. There appears to be reality, however, because of the true uh, reality which exists in the spiritual world, where the personality of God eternally exists with his transcendental paraphernalia. So I just want to comment on this first and uh, say that when the living entity fell from the spiritual world into this uh, material universe, the first thing he came into contact with is the false ego. And the false ego bewildered him. So originally we are we're coming from the spiritual world, part and parcel of Krishna and enacting pastimes with Krishna. But because of some enviousness, we have actually felt fallen into this material world and we come into contact with this false ego and we forget everything. We forget everything about the spiritual world and we think that this body is me. I am this body and I want to enjoy it, right? So through the senses and through the um, different limbs, we try to enjoy this material world and we try to lord it over material nature and think that we are the supreme enjoyers, right? Every living entity is like that. Whether it be an ant or whether it be an animal, insect, whatever it may be, all all I have this uh, mentality in them. So we actually need to get all of this mentality, right? And um, so here it is explaining that uh, this illusion, this illusory material 
energy of Krishna is so strong, Maya Devi. She is so strong, right, that she can bewilder the living entity to think that, you know, he is God. He's the supreme, right? And that's what happened to all of us. And that is why we are here in this material world. So, uh, I was reading a verse the other day in the Bhagavatam class, uh, and he, there, Prabhupada is saying that we are struggling so hard in this material world, and we actually become, the living entity becomes fatigued. That is what the verse is saying, the, the, the living entity becomes fatigued. It's 3.29.5, that verse, of Bhagavata. And uh, it is true, we are trying in so many different ways to actually gain pleasure. But where is that pleasure? You know, it's just like temporary and it's gone. So it, it's not lasting. So we are trying and we are working hard like dogs, hogs, hogs, assholes and camels, trying to gain some material satisfaction, but to no avail. Right? So this is uh, material, the material energy is bewildering us. And she's pulling the strings, right? So we are just uh, the puppets in her hands. Uh, the next uh, phrase that I wanted to speak on is Tejovari Medam Yatavinimayo. Offer an example of illusion, a mirage. When one sees the mirage of a lake in a, in a desert out sand, one perceives an image of water above the sand. There is, there is such thing as water, but when one perceives water over the, over desert land, he is seeing an illusion. Despite one's capacity to perceive water in the desert or to mistake a rope for a snake, water, deserts, ropes and snakes are all real. Similarly, despite one's misperception that his true home in this world, it is a mirage based on a fact. One's actual home, the eternal spiritual world of Rindavan is objectively real. It is objectively real that lends credit to the mirage. So, you know, sometimes you know, we, it's a hot day and we look at the tar at a, at a distance place, we see it appears like water, right? But water exists, right? And therefore, when we look at the tar, we think it's, it's water, but it's just an illusion that's created, right? By the tar and the sun. So uh, because the water exists, we perceive it as water. But when we go closer, and then we see, you know, it's just, you know, tough. So similarly, this material world, you know, we think this is our real home. But actually, because our real home does exist in the world of Vrindavan, therefore we think that this material world is our eternal home. And we try to make many amendments on how to, be, to live forever in this world. And it's not going to happen. Everything that, all our assets are going to go, our bank balance is going to go, everything is going to go at the end at the end of this, at the destruction of this body. Under illusion spell, the living entity seeks eternal love and happiness in the material world. However, neither uh, eternal love nor eternal happiness exist here. Rather, each exists 
as an objective reality in the spiritual world. In this world, we can only see their mirages. Under illusion, one is imposes these desirable conceptions on the ephemeral realm of matter and thus becomes frustrated. Okay, there's much more to be said on this verse, but we'll leave that for some other time. So, uh, okay, just to make a comment, here Prabhupada is saying that the ultimate bondage in this material world is sex desire. All right, but pure sex psychology is in the spiritual world and it is called Adhiras. Right, and it's devoid of all mundane in a variety. The marital sex life is but a perverted reflection of the original fact. So it is not possible to be impersonal and contain pure sex life. Consequently, the impersonalist philosophers have given indirect impetus to the abominable mundane sex life because they have overstressed the impersonality of the ultimate truth. So we go on to the next point, Muyanti Yatsurayaha. Through this Maya, Krishna bewilders even the greatest demigods, Brahma and Shiva, what to speak of ordinary living entities. Thus, Yatra Trisargamisha, the material world appears real, even though it is not, because the spiritual world is real. So, uh, it was Shivaratri lately. And uh, we see here that Prabhupada is saying that even both Brahma and Shiva becomes bewildered by this um, illusory potency. And we find that in the um, Bhagavatam, the eighth canto, the story of Mohini Murti, Lord Shiva is a very great personality and he's beyond this material modes of nature. Right? But uh, we see that how Krishna bewildered him by appearing as Mohini Murti and, uh, you know, playing a ball, right? And, and her dress was flying and uh, in the wind and uh, Lord Shiva saw this and he became uh, captivated by this, by this female form of the Lord. It was so beautiful. Now imagine an ordinary living entity, a beautiful woman, you know, uh, people become captivated by her beauty. Now, what to speak of the Supreme Lord who appears as a woman? How beautiful is that form? So then Lord Shiva was attracted and, you know, he basically uh, ran after her to catch her. And that's what happened. But that was just Krishna's illusory potency, you know, <clears throat> there to... Uh, to say, you know, I'm the supreme personality of Godhead, basically, to prove it, to prove the point. So the next uh, line we're going to, to read is Dhamnas Vena Nirasta. Okay, Dhamnas Vena Sada. I therefore meditate upon him, Lord Sri Krishna, who is eternally existent in the transcendental abode. Vyasadev describes about Krishna's transcendental activities in the 10th canto, but one must become purified by studying the ninth preliminary canto before he is able to relish the 10th. Srila Prabhupada writes in the Bhagavad Gita, the Lord says that there is no para-tattva, sanam-bhoman, uh, 
than himself. Therefore, Shivyasadev at once worships the Paratattva Sri Krishna, whose transcendental activities are described in the tenth canto. This Srimad Bhagavatam will gradually elevate the unbiased reader to the highest professional stage of transcendence. So basically, Krishna is the ultimate, and you know, uh, there's nothing beyond him. Right? So, uh, the eleventh point we have to make is Nirasta Kuhakam, which is forever free from illusory representation of this material world. So, the spiritual world is become is the material world is compared to the spiritual world. Uh, Prophet writes, they asserts to be reality, however, because the true reality which exists in the spiritual world, where the Supreme Lord eternally exists with his transcendental paraphernalia, that realm, Krishna's abode, and the place where he performs his eternal pastimes, can be distinguished from this world by its absence of material illusion. The Srimad Bhagavatam is meant to free its hearers from the tinge of material consciousness so that they may enter Krishna's abode. So yes, this uh, Srimad Bhagavatam is there to give us, uh, it's, it gives us direction on how to go back home, back to Godhead. And, uh, you know, in, in the spiritual world, which is free from any illusion, right, any illusory potencies of this material world. Then the last point I wanted to, to make was Satcham Param Dimahi. I meditate upon him, for he is the absolute truth. Srila Vyasadeva concludes by meditating on Satcham Param, the absolute truth, also known as Shri Krishna, the Supreme Personality of Godhead. That is, Krishna, who is specifically referred to as Satcham Param, is confirmed in the demigods' prayer to Krishna in Devaki's womb, Garbhastuti. In Bhagavatam 10.2.26, the word Satya is used nine times to, to, to directly indicate Krishna. Satya Vratam Satya Param Sri Satyam Satyam Yonim Nihitam Satya Satya Satyasya Satyam Tra Satya Nitram Satyamakam Tamsmaram Prapana The demigods prayed. You never deviate from your vow, which is always perfect because whatever you decide is perfectly correct and cannot be stopped by anyone. Being present in the three phases of cosmic manifestation, creation, maintenance, and annihilation, you are the supreme truth. Right? Uh, time is running out, so I'm going to end this discussion here.